I am unashamed. What about you? So I noticed something yesterday. Now this is weird. As my wife had to take uh, my daughter to her every six weeks, you know, no matter what, throughout her whole life, she's had to go visit a doctor because of her way she was born and the challenges from having a cleft lip and palate. And by the way, I appreciate all the people who support her charity. We help tons of families with that condition. And uh, But I noticed, so I'm by myself, I'm looking around the house and I'm like, when did all this happen? There's lights. There's a tree fully decorated. Everything is red, green with gold tint. There's stockings. But I never saw any of it happen. It was just all done. <laughs> but I stay at our house the most. You know, Missy, since we've had the grandbaby, she's been just going, just burning the road. It's like a drug, you know, that she she can't get off of. I mean, it. every couple of days, she's got to go check on the baby. Well, that's about seven and a half hours away. <laughs> 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 but I just, I just noticed, I was wondering, is that, did the does the same thing happen at y'all's house or are y'all part of the process i'm i'm involved i'm involved a little bit in the process oh really sure yeah, not all of it well it gets a little out of control like she did the whole she got jill did all the stuff on the roof on top of the house but i did put up the christmas tree i went with it we bought it as a family deal so i bought we bought the christmas tree cut it down bring it home okay you know I, my job is to put it up well, isn't that and embarrassing if you're out in the yard watching your wife crawl around on the roof putting up lights? <laughs> no, I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch her do it. Oh. I wasn't out there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. But, but more for that reason, <laughs> it would be embarrassing. <laughs> who's, the, who's the jerk out there watching his wife, you know, risk her life to put the Christmas decorations? Well, most up. people don't have a moment like I did where all that changed, because she was like, when we moved into the neighborhood. Beside Willie, Willie's like, hey, do you want to be my neighbor? And I was like, well, I can't afford the house that's across the street. And he's like, well, just get it. And if you run into some difficulty, I'll help out, which was, I didn't like that. Because I was like, hey, I'm not taking a handout from you. But so then I, <laughs> it, but he was using reverse psychology to get me to buy it. Because once he said that, I'm like, okay, yeah. Oh, you don't think I can pull this off, you know? Chase, he's, he's been manipulating you for years. So, Missy, well, so she, so she asked me, she's like, we need to put lights on the roof. And I'm like, okay. So I get up on the roof, and I got the first strand going down, down the side, and it literally, because usually when somebody says the next thing I know, that means they did something wrong and they don't know why they did it. And I'm like, you know, you've heard them stories. I mean, next thing I know, oh, I was yeah. sitting in jail. I'm like, next thing you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of decisions that were made. But I'm telling you, the next thing I know, I'm falling through the air. And I thought, well, it ends here. <laughs> and so... Luckily, there was some shrubs that I bounced off of that cushioned the fall. But I was skin up, bruised, and I, I fell off the roof is where I was going with this. And so Missy just, from that point on, and she really wasn't mad about it. She just said, stay out of it. <laughs> so well, I did. For, for your, for your she, own safety. She didn't want you involved. Huh? No, she said, just, you know what? It's not going to affect our marriage. She's like, just stay out of it. So now I've been staying out of it, in quotations, so long that I stop noticing when it when it happens. I just look up and it's all done. I just well, I, I have a sim- mine is similar, Jace, because like we went to the Bahamas. When I get home, like all the trees are up, the decorations. It was it was lovely. It was like I was just coming into my own little winter wonderland. There's three christmas trees at my house three next door at jay and anna's and so they were just done 
and then we get down here to the southern layer. I walk in the house. There's there's three trees up or two trees up here. And so I'm now it just I'm kind of like you, but I don't even know. I don't even think Lisa participated. I, she must have some kind of elves or something that just come in and <laughs> I just come home from a trip and it just looks beautiful. So that's my that's how it is for me these days. Well, you're wondering why I brought this up. I brought it up because I like this time of year. People are reminded of Jesus, and I think that's good at all times. It's duck season. This all this goes down during duck season. If that, I mean, I know that's by the Almighty's design. Because what's the most fun thing you can do? Hunt with your hunt, clothes on. Yeah, hunt ducks. <laughs> So, but I brought that up because we're in Matthew, but I learned something throughout that process. If your heart is not in it, it becomes dangerous. You're easily distracted. Always remember this, my son, hang the lights low. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So I was going to (laughs) comment... Before that comment, that by dad's silence, what he's saying is, is it's Christmas. Like <laughs> dad has no idea the Christmas, when the Christmas season starts, oh, ends in the middle, nothing else. When you said duck season, that's it for in dad. Hollywood, you know, they talk about bee stories. And, you know, at first when they started talking about all that stuff, I was like, do what now? It's like the underlying story. And that's what Missy one day, she said, I realized something that from where you came from it's just too much to ask for you to be involved (laughs) in decorations but she did say having said that i love you anyway and i'm just gonna decide not to involve you in that process so i thought well thank you babe that this is what marriage so so in other words you're your life is in the B story or the B block, and she's okay with that. She's, she's okay. Gonna, she's gonna. I mean, I'm, she's gonna come down every once in a while out of the A block and say, "Hey, there's Jace." But normally, that's okay in your marriage. That, I just that thought works. It, there it might be some old boy that just got married that had this the same kind of situation that I do, and I just wanted to share that sometimes happy endings do occur. We have a. F- a functional, vibrant marriage, and I'm not involved in any kind of decorating in any capacity, not just Christmas. I'm out of the decorating, decor, whatever that is, I'm out. And she's, she loves it. But I I will add this, since, we're, since you put it into a marriage context for people out there, is probably in your younger life when you weren't susceptible to falling off the roof, you were probably a little more engaged. Oh, I was. I, a lot I of tried. times, a marriage grows yeah. to some of these places where you're at. Just by the way, so if you're newly married, sometimes it may take a while to get through some of those early. I think when your kids are smaller, you know, you need to be involved in the process. Right. But look, That's we right. also had the same thing when I had the epiphany that I'm terrible about fixing anything. Used to, I would stay up all night and put together the toys or whatever construction, oh, man. but the problem yeah. was she recognized that he, he, it, this shouldn't have taken all night. Yeah. It, you were terrible. It's with like, that too. you know, the side of the directions, you know, said 15 to 30 minutes. Well, it took me five hours. So she just took over. <laughs> oh, she bought her a little, gotten... little tool set. She bought herself a Christmas present one year and it was like a little tool set and she just she just does it. She puts together all that stuff. That's exactly Jace. You just that's exactly what happened in my marriage because what happened was everything that I put together became a danger for the children. Like if it was a three wheeler, it one wheel would fall off <laughs> on the first run out of the thing. So Lisa decided if it was she had the patience because I was impatient. I don't know where I got it from, Dad. But I was impatient, so I would like as soon as it started getting to the end, I just started putting banging on stuff and, and you know just make it where it would work. But that's not exactly the way she wanted it, so she does all that stuff now. She and she's really good at it. Yeah, but she doesn't like. Well, you got to you got to follow instructions because they send the book. I mean, I just put together a basketball goal that took me literally twelve hours to put it all together. I mean, it was insane how complicated it was. I mean, I'm like, my gosh. And plus, why all the languages like 
it takes me so long just to find English in these booklets. I mean, it's like I feel like I need to be able to speak in uh, well, tongues. Well, they've got all these. I can't even use a gas can anymore. I mean, you see the new gas can. I, can, I mean, I can't uh, even figure out how to open it up. I mean, it's just all the safety protocol. It's a mess. My, my lovely yeah. wife, your y'all's mother, come running in last night. She said, "You didn't tell me the dryer came," and I said, "Yeah, they some guys came up with a truck and they brought it in there." <laughs> And uh, she said, and it's got, you know, guess what? It's got on and off on it. Because we just brought a washer that on and off was not on the washer. So they got me back there. You would have had to be in a computer wizard to figure out how to turn that thing on. So I tried it. Nope. Miss K, we, we, we gave up on it. Dan came in. He got a booklet out. It took him quite a while. He said, okay, you push this right here. Wait three seconds and put this down here, and then there will be a countdown, and it start with three. Three, two, one. <laughs> he said, then wait, then wait, and uh, a, 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 a light will come on that's saying, do you need to put more stuff in your washer? So you got to wait on that. He said, well, when that comes up, you had to figure out how you say no. Just just wash the clothes, but I, I, it's the most complicated device I have ever run up on. Therefore, I try to stay away from people who make washers, dryers, or anything else without on and off on it. So you could have helped me if, in my teenage years, you would have called me and said, "Jace, I am your father." Then I would have understood why I've had so many problems with putting together things and appliances and trying to fix things. We're, get, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. yeah, we're getting somewhere here on the Unashamed I'm now podcast. Realizing. Oh, this is like a big therapy session. Yeah. 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 At 75, I can safely say I'm not given to tangents that require crawling around on high buildings. No. I don't mess <laughs> yeah, with not that. doing it. 75, you well, say it, no. It reminds me of, a, I've been telling Jerry Clower stories for our Jerry Clower fans, but he had a, there was a guy and he, he was a little slow. He didn't use your phrase, the, all his Christmas lights weren't flickering, but he was a little slow and they were trying to make him feel confident about himself. And so they got him a, a puzzle for Christmas, you know, the puzzle where you have to dump out all the pieces and, so he got on that thing and he actually pulled it off within a couple of weeks. He had the puzzle put together. And so they were wanting to make him feel better about himself. So, I mean, it was, they just had a big celebration and they said, let's get together and celebrate it. They put it on a, uh, they framed it and they had a reception at the school and was trying to give him confidence. So when he got up to give the speech about putting together the puzzle, he said, you know, I knew I did good because I put together this puzzle in two weeks and everybody was clapping. And he said, and on the side of the the box that it came in, I mean, it gave you four to seven years. You don't get it? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like a... It was for a four to seven year old, but he thought... They're giving you four to seven years to put it together. I believe it because right now with that washer and dryer back there, it's taking – we're going now because you forget the sequence of events, the buttons that you had to push to get it to come on. I, yeah. Yeah, I said, wait a minute, which one I turn first? And you're looking at a board with all these lights. And yeah. you have to yeah. start with one board, wait, this board, watch the countdown, that, then do that twice. I mean, it – but if you this this none internet, of the women none of the women could, could, here's could the turn it on. Here's not modern Ms. K, not her helper. Here's what here's the problem when you don't have a cell phone or a computer. Nowadays, what people do when they have that situation is they go to a computer. They got this channel called YouTube, and someone will actually show you how to do it. 
That's what they said. So get they, you. That's what they told you. But you notice, Dad, you notice his terminology tells you how he feels about it. You know, did you hear what he said earlier? A computer wizard. See, in Dad's mind, technology is in the wizarding world. Like it you is. conjure up things. Yeah, you conjure up things like out of the mist. You want to, to wash some clothes and you have a couple of devices there that's going to wash them and dry them. It just seems simpler to me for say, <laughs> just put on and off on it. I'll, I'll, no, I, I, I mean, I mean what, what, what's the yeah. deal about waiting and this and that and other and the countdown? See, Phil, Phil has got a computer in between voodoo and a crystal ball. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the correct. wizarding world. Hey, but I will hang say. On, hang, hang on, Zach. Let's take a break. So one of the things with the uh, winter coming is a good head of hair and a good beard come in handy on keeping you warm. Is that Would that be safe to say? Because Dad's always talking about how much the beard helps. I would say the hair on top is, is a little bit helpful, too. Al, you've come to the right place. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there are people that have issues with that, and they lose their hair, and they lose it early, uh, which opens the door for one of our great sponsors who has been with us from the beginning on this podcast. We love these guys. Uh, and that's uh, a company called Keeps. And what they try to do is help you keep your hair, uh, and which is helpful, like I said, for this time of year. It's cold. you got to take those holiday picks. Uh, it's a good time to try to hold on to your hair. They offer doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair treatments. Uh, they have more five-star reviews than anybody else. Uh, you go to their website. You take a couple of pics. There's going to be a licensed doctor there that helps you. And then it ships straight to your door. So it's a great group, especially if you need to hold on to that hair. Go to keeps.com slash door, and you're going to get 50% off your first order. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door, keeps.com slash door, and hang on to that hair. Yeah, I will say, though, that that when you think about washing clothes, here's a, here's a few elements that have to be involved in the process. One of the ma- major elements that you have to have is water, H2O. Yep. And then you got to have heat because yep. you got to get the water hot, if, particularly if it's white yep. clothes. And the problem with these and new detergent. washing machines and detergent, but you got well, you can get detergent. But they see, got I, a deal. High, they got a deal that stops everything. The washing machine says stop, stop everything. And then it asks ask you a question. Are you sure you you have the clothes? Can, you can add more clothes. Well, you got to stop and, and go through that or it won't come on while you're debating. Uh, I put these these clothes in there. Was there any more? The computer says, did you forget anything? Shut it down. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're waiting on you. to if you, lost, if you didn't put enough in, go find some more and put in there, and then we'll go again. I mean, it's... They, the bottom line is they, they, the people in the computer world, they just have a tendency, in my humble opinion, and I know nothing about computers, to overthink it. They're overthinking well, what they, what, what, it. What they've done, they have eliminated the use of water. They, I mean, there's not a lot of water being poured into the washing machine now. So I got rid, I got rid of mine, and I got, I went back to the old school, the, the white one that has the lid you lift up. And you can fill the whole thing up to the top with water because I know the, the clothes are getting clean. So we got rid of the, the high tech because it doesn't really clean the clothes. No, she, he's right. It, Look, Missy. She that's what I'm telling you all about. At the end of the day, <laughs> I'm is, telling it, you, is this it is better a, in the computer world uh, uh, washing machine? It is not better. No, Dad said in my day, washing machines didn't talk back. Yep. They did their job. But look, two days ago, you're not going to believe this. Missy says, I need to talk to you. And uh, she was like, come in, come in here and sit down. So I thought, oh, boy, we got something major going on. She's like, I was putting your clothes up, and I got them out of the dryer, and they still stink. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you. what do you want me to do about it? I mean, I, I was kind of <laughs> took it personal. I was like, she's like, well, you washed them. I said, I did wash them. Because I'm thinking for years, you know, you were saying, hey, how about, help out around here a little bit now i'm helping out i'm washing clothes and you're saying well they stink i'm like you need to put all your energy on whoever made that washer and she's like but how are you <laughs> washing them because i don't do the you know separating the colors and i i just i take my clothes i don't care what color they are 
and I put them in the washer. And I told her, I said, I put express wash. And she's like, well, that's what, where you're messing up. I said, well, why would they have that as an option? Because I just looked at it and I thought, express, this does it faster. Yeah. Well, but, now, <laughs> she I, said, well, you don't. Back when my roots were being established as a young boy, I noticed that older women and daughters, they, and maybe uh, an aunt, they would be there on wash day. Just you a have, random aunt. You have an aunt. A random on aunt. Wash day. Uh, an aunt would show up like my, my, my mother's sister, and it'd be about three or four females. They're washing the clothes. Aunt Irene. Yeah, Aunt Irene. And They're washing what, clothes 19, with soapy, 20, soapy water, and then they poured the rinse water in there out of buckets. They handed up, they'd get tubs, hand it to the kids. The kids would go out. Your dryer was a fence. Yeah. It was a fence. It wasn't like a wires going like the fancy ones would you wait on a windy day no matter wind or not you oh, ha okay. you hung the clothes on the fence and they and amazingly they dried quickly and they would never smell because the wind's blowing through them or whatever and they're just drying in the in the in the yeah. whatever the temperature is out there summertime they dried quickly winter not so much but we just hang them on a fence <laughs> in every direction yeah and then the women would be taking them off the fence and bring them in wash days over but it was a whole day's work to wash everybody's clothes females did the washing the kids do the hanging on the fence well i tell you in a weird thing we've come a long to, way to finish my story she said just let me wash the clothes and i said well i thought 20 years ago, you were telling me I need to help out. She's like, forget I ever said that. Let me wash the clothes. <laughs> so you've gotten out of washing clothes, the Christmas decorations. What, what else have you gotten out of? I don't know, but life is getting better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's what's fascinating. I never washed clothes. Here's ever. what's fascinating and disturbing is I didn't notice that my clothes stunk. But she was... Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, she was like... So I guess you put a little more washing powder in there. Maybe. No, she said, well, you're you're doing things that nullify the express wash button. She's like, you're out there working and sweating and getting dirty. And, you know, I'm out there metal detecting and doing all these. I'm, I'm dirty. Yeah. And she's like, you can't use the express wash if you're really dirty. Yeah. I said, well, we need to be mad at whoever invented that washer. Because I'm always going to do the quicker thing. Well, they shouldn't put that on there. Yeah. But Jace, you should have done the extended wash. I mean, where it just washed for a long time. That wasn't extended an option wash, now. That's what you That would make sense. I don't, I don't think they work. It, it doesn't work anyways. You If you sit there and watch the whole process now, it puts a little bit of water. And then, but it, 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 my wash machine, I'm telling you, I got rid of the high dollar one and I bought the cheapest one I could get. I said, I want one that has no like controls in I it. I wish I had like, done I that. That's what I should have done. Yeah. That's what I should have done. You should have done that. I think you, you need to say go back to the old days, Phil. Zach, you were following your natural instinct. You'll buy the cheapest of anything always because you're cheap. <laughs> nah, that's, that's what you true. do. Now, I, for, there's certain things I will spurge on, and, and I would pay for a wash machine if it cleaned the clothes. Oh, we got five kids, man, they, and they do smell. They, a lot of them stink. <laughs> well, what so do you I'm think like, a dishwasher does? you got to wash them before they go in and after because you got soap residue after. I would rather – eat off a dirty plate than I would with one that was caked with soap. <laughs> Both are bad. Both are bad. I mean, I've made a push to end the dishwasher. So every I time I wash they, the they, dishes, they, I wash them by hand. They kind of got off the dishwasher. They they have people wash them now. They go in there and they wash them, dry them. <laughs> Most people have dishwashers. <laughs> yep. Well, they, so it, does Dad. We went it's a man called Dad. It's, it's the idea. <laughs> Do you say the dishwasher beeping again? Uh, okay. It's, just, beep, it's beep, the way beep. our society does through through marketing. They you you assimilate. You do, everybody's doing it, and so you do it. That look McDonald's for years. They would put the number of people served on their billboard out there. And I'm like, why are you doing this? I mean, you're oh, so so a million people, or have eaten a hamburger. 
You know, and then it, the number would go up. They're trying like, to Do get you actually back. think that, that somebody's keeping up with that number, or are you just making the number they go up? They just want people to say, everybody eating up Everybody in eating, so everybody yeah. has a dishwasher. Everybody doing it. Everybody everybody do- so now McDonald's, it. finally, they just got billions and billions. Billions and billions. Billions. Right. And I'm like, well, there's only six billion people, or is it seven now? There's only six or seven, seven. billion people here. So you've, yeah, you've actually served over over. more people than it's actually here. Yeah. Yeah, I quit doing I quit doing McDonald's. But I'll tell you, I will tell you this though. My mom uh used to say every time she'd make us do the kit the dishes after we ate, she would uh she'd go in there and she'd grab that those plates and she'd say, Now let me tell you something. This is not a dishwasher, this is a dish rinser. That's what she told me. Every time it's a dish rinser, she would she would highlight the words. So, so we 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 uh, we would wash the dishes and then we would put them in the dishwasher and wash them again. That's what I'm saying. And then you got to wash them again and then clean them after. That's yeah. right. I mean, people, we're hmm. just we're we're done. Our our stuff has gotten too smart for us. Yep. So let's take let's take another break. So, Zach, this may be scary, but right now someone might be right outside your home, probably looking from the hotel bed and breakfast next door at your house and thinking it looks exactly like something they'd like to have for themselves. Mm. I saw. So I, I actually saw somebody casing my house the other day. I there bet you that's go. what they were doing. They were probably doing it. The bad news is these days they could be on the way to making that happen, especially if they're savvy on the Internet, which is why you need home title lock. And uh, this one of our longtime sponsors, title fraud happens when a criminal forges your signatures on documents. It says that you sold the home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home and he leaves you with the payments. They spend they spend your money and then you wind up spending a fortune legal fees trying to get your home back. So you want to be able to protect yourself from this home title lot puts a barrier around your home's title where they can't get in and steal your home. Go to hometitlelot.com, register your address, make sure that you own your home, and then you enter the code radio for 30 days of free protection. That's hometitlelot.com. Use the code radio. Make sure you protect your home title. Is there any other uh, domestic uh, issues that we need to talk about? No, I went off the the rails, but I mean, my (laughs) point. Are we we having a Bible study or what? My point was, uh, at this time of uh, the year. Are we on Pinterest? Don't focus on the details because that causes all the friction. You got to get to a point in life where you're just looking at the big stuff and you got to learn how to compromise on all the details. And I say focus on what you're good at. My wife, to her credit, has realized that a lot of what most normal men do in this season, I'm terrible at. And so she just said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. He does. He has some other good qualities like focusing on Jesus and having fun and things like Jace, that. Jace, I could not, do, as a person who works a lot with marriage stuff, I could not agree with more with that assessment. And Jerry Maguire had it right when he said, you complete me or you know, whoever said it. And the idea is, is that together we make something stronger by going on our strengths instead of trying to make the other person do things they're not good Quit at. Quit trying to put a square into a circle. Yes. Just because everybody has a dishwasher. I mean, I'm. you know what I'm thinking about getting you now for Christmas? One of those old-timey hand washers? Yeah. I mean, let's bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, get it out there. I don't doubt it'll that's, work. There's a reason they called it washboard abs. Yeah, you know when you get your stomach with the little humps over. But I'm not going to give it to you to give it to Kay. I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to start washing yeah, on that? I would love <laughs> go yeah. back to Phil. Your like day. yeah, washing my shirt because yeah, Phil has a problem that I'm I'm secretly kind of hitting a nerve on here is that he. He doesn't wash his clothes during no, the winter no. because he feels like they're warmer if he never washes them, which I do not agree with. Yep. Once they dry, they're dry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't trap. The, the stench does not trap heat. What happens is <laughs> the power of detergents <laughs> over a period of years, your clothing becomes, they begin to rot 
heavy deterrent. But that triggers a gag (laughs) reflex in all your hunting buddies. Yeah. Every day on a daily basis, I, I run from detergent when it comes to my hunting clothes. No detergents ever. I know this thing. So here. He, dad is taking dad is taking this to a new level now today on the podcast because now he doesn't like smart aleck talking back washing machines either. That's it. Which is another good reason to never wash your clothes. That's it. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> okay, I got it. I think we do. We overwash stuff too much. Yeah, we should underwash. Yep. I agree. <laughs> so where uh, were we in Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> now that we solved all got, the domestic I got issues. I his personal space about that one. Ain't nobody washing my clothes during hunting. <laughs> Get all fat. Now that we've offended Dad, uh, Matthew 26 is, is where we are. So to set the stage, Dad, we're finally at that point. You were talking about back in Matthew 16 yep. when Jesus – really went into that first alerting of what was about to happen. This is the process by which it happened. So the rest of our time in the book of Matthew is going to be about what happens to Jesus. But really, as we kind of established last time, it's really what he's decided that he's going to do. And so if you can imagine this, like they call it the Passion Week because he, remember he had the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And so a week's worth of activities happened until the crucifixion happens, which we're about to get into in the next chapter. And Jesus is going back and forth. He's in Jerusalem, but then he'll go out to Bethany, which is close by. And so in Matthew chapter 26 and verse six, he goes to Bethany because he's kind of traveling back and forth. That's where he's staying at night. And into a home of a man known as Simon the leper, which I thought was interesting right off the bat, Jace, when if your name is Simon the leper and yet people are staying at your house, that tells you right off the bat that Jesus is willing to be with anybody, right? Oh, I know. I mean, who else is – what other person is going to stay at the man's house who's known as Simon the leper? Yeah. Well, and this story means a lot to me. I mean, I have a special place in my heart just for spontaneous worship and – I'm just so against the modern culture church where you worship once a week for an hour and go do whatever. I mean, you know, Romans 12, I, I, I get it. You know, your, it, your body's a living sacrifice, your spiritual act of worship. But what we've seen in Matthew, whether Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples saw this and then they worshiped in the boat or in, in this moment, he actually tied what Mary did in this moment against protest of, I mean, what are you wasting this money on? She's dumping perfume. We could have fed the poor, which is a noble thing. But she recognized that he was going to give his life. And he makes this profound statement when he says in verse 13, I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I mean, she's pouring her heart out in worship and surrender and realizing the big picture that he's dying for my sins way before he died for her sins. I mean, to me, that's a, a woman of faith. And uh, that's very much I, I just so. I'll, I'll just love this story. And it had, oh, you, by the way, it was at the uh, guy's house named Simon the leper. It just goes that's against right. every narrative of what people, if you, you know, years ago, when you'd see the story of Jesus, especially during the Christmas time, they just don't tell these kinds of stories. You know, and I think it's, I think you're exactly right, Jason. It shows you that from God's perspective, in this case, it was Jesus in bodily form. Worship is more important than anything. Well, I mean, when he says the statement, because they're the, the, by the way, so the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. We know from John's account that, that Judas is the one who starts the discussion. And then John makes the commentary on Judas. So the only reason he wasn't happy about what she was doing is he kept the money and he would help himself to the money. So he even made the comment that not only was it not just about the poor, but in Judas's case, he was just being stingy. But Jesus, when he makes that statement, the poor you'll always have with you, but you will not always have me. You know, that's a powerful statement because we've got entire governments, people, they spend their whole lives 
investing in? How do we end poverty? How do we make sure nobody ever has to be hungry in their life again? And again, that sounds good because none of us like poverty or people that are hungry. But Jesus is saying, when you worship me, that's more important than anything else, which is very powerful. Most people do not believe that. They believe that ending world hunger, you know, here are all these different causes that people get into. But he just makes a simple statement. You're always going to have people that are in need. Well, and he just spent a whole chapter out talking about helping the hungry and, you know, feeding them and clothing them, housing them. But it was all done in the context of we're no longer going to worship in a place. We're going to worship a person, a, a being, the one yeah. that put this all into motion. And that's that's really the overall arching theme of all this. That's why when he made statements like, I am the truth, because people are looking for truth. And you remember what Pilate said when he said, you know, what is truth? But mm-hmm. he was basically presenting that it's not a what, it's a who. If you have a person who is truth, well, that's a person you can put your trust in, no matter what he says, if he is that. So, and that way it keeps away from arguments on what you think the truth is, which is what our culture, you know, here's what I think. The truth is whatever you feel like it is in your heart. And if you don't know, just make it up. Well, yeah. let me know how that works out for a society. Yes, it, it hadn't worked out. Let's take a break. Hey guys, we like to try to keep you uh, aware of some of the things that uh, we're doing outside of Unashamed. And one of those is uh, we mentioned Phil is going to Substack, which is kind of uh, humorous to me because Substack was started by some uh, writers from the New York Times that got tired of having their stuff censored. And then a lot of other people, conservatives, liberals, it doesn't matter. People that don't want to be canceled are going to Substack. So we want to encourage you guys to check that out at philrobertson.substack.com. If you subscribe, you're going to get notified about things that are on Substack. One of those is the first chapter of Uncancel, which is there right now. If you want to check that out, there may be future ones on there. So uh, check that out, philrobertson.substack.com. Also, wanted to tell you about Talk Shop Live, which we've been talking about. It's the only place where you can get your daily fill to start this new year, which is a hundred day devotional by dad. So the publisher added some more copies. They sold all the other ones out. They have some more. Uh, you can go get them there. You can also have uh, some signed copies available. The link's going to be in the podcast show notes. So check that out. Talk shop live and Substack. I mean, a big, a big phrase you hear a lot today is, uh, you know, this is my truth, like, like as if truth is a personalized acquisition that you have. Um, so, yeah, again, though, Jesus's statements are even more shocking, you know, when he says, I am I am the truth, like he personifies the truth. I, I love that you bring up Pilate because Pilate asked a question that everybody's asking today. What is truth? Is truth relative? Is it is it something that changes over time? Is truth uh, perception? You got uh, phrases that we've all heard like perception is reality or that truth is in the eye of the beholder. You think about like postmodern art and you're looking at it and it's like abstract and, and you got the two guys talking and one guy says the other, you know, what does this mean to you as if that your meaning is we determine it for ourselves. The problem is, and this was in Phil's movie, by the way, when, when you let man become the determiner of truth, the, the question you need to ask next is which man gets to determine it because, because we're different people. So if, if we have opposing truths, then whose truth is ultimate and whose truth becomes right and true. And the, 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 the answer is it's the one who's got the most power. So if you, once we start heading down this road of, of removing truth from the person of Jesus and putting it in our hands, then that's where a lot of evil happens and a lot of, of abuse and murder and just, I mean, mayhem. We, tr- we're we not capable of determining truth for ourselves. We can only discover it, or rather it needs to be revealed to us. Exactly. I mean, in that, in, in that same vein, uh, you know, I think Jesus declared that socialism will never work here when he said the poor you always have verse 11 but you will not always have me i mean when you kind of think about that (laughs) it's always going to be there 
which is a truth that people will not accept. In the same breath, he just spent a chapter about helping them, helping people in need. So it's not like he wasn't saying you don't help people in need, but she got the bigger picture, which was a spiritual one. Well, and it was, Jason. Think about it. It was an extravagant act of worship. I mean, in other words, she recognized how great the sacrifice was and thought, you know what? I could pour some cheap perfume, but I'm going to give the best I have to Jesus who's about to give his life for me. And Jesus put that on level with the gospel. He said, as long as you remember the gospel being preached, you're going to remember what this woman did here today. And you're exactly right. Because think about it. If, if the disciples mindset had been right, and a lot of people think like that today, and we go and sell that perfume and we get a bunch of meals together and we go and deliver them to people who are hungry, the next day they're still hungry. Yeah. We fed them one day, but if they give their lives to Christ, and they worship him in whatever their circumstance, then they're going to live forever. And it's going to be not in the circumstances they are now. So I, I really think people buy into this, I call it social gospel, where the good news is being how many people I helped this week have a meal. If you didn't help them find Christ, then you've just temporarily helped them. Well, the, I think the the big discussion is, you know, I think I may have said this on a previous podcast. My economics professor in college said that in heaven we'll all be communist, and it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke, but but we will be sharing stuff, you know. Um, but here, you know, uh, you, you got this thing called sin, and so we, you know, we try to think about like economic systems, and one of the free market, like the free market principles, are basically built on the idea that man is inherently sinful. And so, we, you know, you, the, the idea is you build an economic system that takes that into account. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this. I just pulled this quote up. He said, of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the worst, but may be the most oppressive. Um, and, and, and his point is, is that, you know, we think we're like helping people sometimes when we're not. And so I, I think that, his point here, and what part of the point with Jesus getting out here is like, like we're here to help people and whatnot. At the end of the day, like our our kingdom is is an eternal kingdom, and if you get too focused on what's going on here and thinking you're going to achieve utopia here, it's just not going to happen. And it's not utopia is in heaven. It's on the other side of this earth. You know what I mean? Well, what I like about it is, is he he had just told this parable about. You have talents and you go out there and you do something and you work and you be a good steward. And, you know, the one that just did nothing, I mean, he just ripped him. I mean, he could have at least gone and invested it or whatever. And then it's like the next chapter, you have this act that seems foolish. And I think that's why the disciples took that. I mean, it's like they heard that parable that he just said. And it's like, because we all want to be wise and we want to make good decisions. But you can't become so calloused and so part of the process and trying to be smart where you just see something like this and this is not a positive thing. Because really what she did was get the ultimate picture was that this is the Son of God. This is the moment in history, in the future, I mean, this is going to change the past, present, and future of the world and have eternal consequences. And I'm going to do something just on an impulse to really, I mean, I think she was putting the perfume because she knew he was going to be dead, which the, the, yeah, it was, the I guess, the the details of that. It was, is, a, it was a burial anointing, no doubt about it. Because she that's moving to me. She knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, look to your point, Jay. So let's take another break. To your point, when you get to verse fourteen, and it's interesting that Matthew puts it in here. By the way, this is another one of those meanwhile at the evil lair moments because this is the B story while this is going on. One of the twelve, Judas, who we know from John's account of this story was the one who started this being upset about her giving the money. And I hadn't thought about it till we were just sitting here talking, but maybe this was the one instance that finally pushed him over the top to say, you know what? I don't get this whole thing. I'm fixing to go sell him out. Cause that's what he does. He goes to the chief priest and asks, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? 
So they counted out for him 30 silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. So it's almost like I don't get this idea about what you're trying to do here. And, and I don't even agree with what's going on. And so I'm going to just finally sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which we know from later on, he doesn't even keep because of his shame. Exactly. Well, it doesn't say it, but I guarantee he was rolling his eyes when she's out there crying, dumping perfume. It's like, oh, oh boy, she probably wants a date. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's yeah. just the way people are, even in leadership, yeah. which is sad. But how many times you say, I mean, there, there's always churches that have one or two. He was trying to figure out what was her angle, because if I did something like that, I'd have a plan trying to slick somebody. Well, exactly. But how many times have that's you right. seen people moved in a service and they do something that's kind of uncomfortable? I mean, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what are they doing? But you better watch when you're doing that, because some of these people are on a on a spiritual act of worship here that probably you're not even mm-hmm. noticing. And uh, it's a beautiful moment and it's moving and it, they have the big picture in mind. Don't be over there saying, Oh, come on. You know, cause yeah. I, I've heard a lot of churches and all they tend to say, get away from the emotion side of things. Cause look, if your faith is based totally on emotions, that's not going to work, but don't throw that out. I mean, God made us, that's part of our anatomy, especially in, in worship. And even I thought about in Hebrews 5, you know, where it talks about Jesus' ministry, and it says he went around in in loud cries and tears. I mean, he was emotional. And you remember when he wept when Lazarus died and then he was fixed to raise him? Well, why, why is he doing that? Well, there was a moment there where he was hurting with people who were hurting. And so... I just I don't know where that came from in in modern day religion about we're all going to assimilate because there's been some churches where there's been no emotion for years out of any person in the whole building. It's just a emotionless, ritualistic assimilation on a weekly basis. Yeah, one of your cousins, one of your cousins, we he prepares a meal. uh, What's his name uh, over at the? Judy's boy. What's John Gimber? Gimber. Don't ask me. Gimber. John Gimber. Yeah. yeah. He's your first cousin. He's my nephew. <laughs> he is your first cousin. He prepares. <laughs> Would you make him your nephew, Dad? Nephew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's out and he fixes a meal for to feed about 40 or 50 every Sunday morning. It's delivered. He delivers it. And uh, we're behind the, we're, we're making sure that takes place. But you say, well, what happens the next time y'all meet? We feed them again. It's there for their for their sustenance. So, but you, you, but we just do it because Jesus said, "Reach out to the people around you." Well, here's a free meal if you want it, and we just consider that part of the process. Part of the process. Here's some grub. I think that um, Jace. I think one of the reasons why that emerged with the emotional kind of a detachment from the emotion is that it, it, there's always kind of a yin and a yang and there's a, a, a overreaction to something. So I think when we see churches that maybe have used emotions to manipulate people and create like, you know, these environments where they're, you know, maybe manipulative environments in order to, to conjure up something from people. So then the, then you, the reaction to that is, well, we're not going to have any emotion. But I think you're right, you know, uh, in saying that we are emotional beings. But I also love, you know, some of the old, we call them rituals, but uh, those some of those rituals or our liturgies that, that used to be important. I mean, I like the Lord's Supper is something that the way we grew up, we did that every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And and it certainly became, uh, you know, a ritual for me in my life, which probably wasn't healthy. But but I'm, I am glad that we had this liturgical thing that we did every single Sunday that we would participate in 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 taking communion, taking the Lord's body, taking this. I think it's it's keeping all that in balance and realizing that we are you know, habitual creatures, that we need to form habits. But I think the habits and the rituals and the liturgies, can, if, if it's done right, can can help us develop emotionally. Because we are going to connect with God on an emotional level, yeah, just I like agree. you will with your own wife. I agree. You know? Yeah, I, that's why I'm saying, I mean, you got to think about this. 
I mean, it's, this is not just a story. You got the creator of the universe calling something a woman does just an act beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Or just that's a powerful statement. That's a, when I stopped when he said, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And the creator of the universe yeah. said, this is beautiful. Well, don't ever try to stop that from happening. And all yeah. she was doing was she was being extravagant. She was seemingly wasting money, but she was doing it in light of she had put her faith and trust that he's the son of God and he's fixing to die, and I don't want him to stink. Now, yeah. she didn't know yeah. that his body couldn't <clears throat> rot. He didn't say, okay, now, this was a great gesture, but I will not be able to rot. Yeah. So, And they would have all been looking around like, what are they talking about? Because yeah. they didn't even get it. Cause they all His body did not see decay. Yeah. But she he recognized her faith and her pursuit of her maker had let her put the pieces of the puzzle together yep. way yeah. beforehand when they should have all said, Oh my goodness, he's fixing to die. They wasn't worried about that. They had no she, clue. She, she right. was ignorant. She was she was completely ignorant of like the ministry and like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like she comes into the situation almost like yeah, you, you've seen it too. Like you get, in, I mean, we've all worked behind the scenes in churches, and and sometimes man, you you say, oh, we 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 got this. We know how to do ministry. And then somebody comes in off the street, has no experience in ministry whatsoever, and they just love Jesus. Yeah, and it's like it. it's convicting. That's it's it. like <laughs> like. They don't know all the rules. They don't know what you're supposed to do. They, they just love Jesus, and they're worshiping Jesus. And there's like, and Jesus is like, that's where it's at. Yeah, She missed well, the actually, ministry, but she didn't miss me. Well, we'll flesh this out more in the next podcast, but actually there's three pictures here. The second picture, the first one was the woman. And then, of course, you got the reminder from Judas that evil is always there. Next picture is going to be of the Lord's Supper which is that preparation of the Passover meal. But then you've got that <clears throat> that reminder that Peter is going to betray him. There's the evil again. Then you've got the picture of the garden where Jesus shows to me his greatest humanity along with who he is as God. And then you got the disciples not being able to stay awake. So every time you see this beautiful picture of Jesus preparing himself to be arrested, you see that evil is always right there, which is kind of the yin and yang, I think, of our whole battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and you're going to see it clearly in the first half of this chapter. Well, I'm glad Zach brought that up because I was going to say the same thing. You know, a lot of people have asked me, well, where did you get your theology? And I, and I always say when it comes into that, because a lot of people just love to have theological discussions just because they love the the theological discussion. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my theology is built on I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you get too yep, you far go. away from that, bad things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why good. it's better to have that attitude than claim you're a theologian. Exactly. <laughs> so this podcast could be summed up from stuck up washing machines to loving Jesus. Hey, that's what on. the Unashamed Podcast is all about. You Jesus, who, Jesus who can really make you clean. There you go. Well, we've been hey, coming out with all kind of like bumper preacher. stickers here. <laughs> I follow the one who made the washing machine. There he you became go. He's smarter than the all washing machine. machine. He is the yeah. washing machine. I mean, yeah. Jesus doesn't run out of water. Yeah. <laughs> this is going downhill. <laughs> or detergent. He walks on it. All right, next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.